Hello, I'm Lisa, compulsive overreader. Hi, everyone. And um, welcome to the newcomers and the visitors. I have 23 years plus in this program, um, and that is definitely not perfect, but it is definitely. I have an anecdote. I have an anecdote. Um, I went to the beach Thursday, itself a miracle, um, that, uh, with a friend. Um, and I love, it's my idea of heaven, it's just bliss, and I never go, so I've like made a commitment to actually get out there more often. And she's a normie, and I've known her for quite a while, and she knows I'm in program, but, you know, she's, she, she never, you know, I, I've mentioned, like, oh, I've got to go to a meeting or something. And somehow it came up, I didn't, I didn't bring it up, but she said, like, how long have you done that thing? And I was like, 23 years. And she's like, I mean, aren't, aren't you done? <laughs> Don't you know it? And I was just like, it's not how it works. And she started asking these questions. And I'm used to 12-stepping people who want to be 12-step, you know, like who ask if they... And so I, I know that avenue. I don't remember how to talk to normies about this stuff who really don't, like, why don't, why don't you just... And at one point she said, why aren't you just, you know, why can't you just stop? And I'm like, and I had all these reasons, I had all these explanations, and I started talking. And I re- later, I really wish I had just said, I don't know. <laughs> and that's why I come back. That's why I come back probably three times a week for 23 goddamn years. And that's why I work all the steps, and that's why most, many of my friends are fellows, and that's why I don't usually come across these questions, because most of the people I know get it. And, um, and it was just so, and she wasn't being judgmental or it was, she's a very pragmatic kind of like, if it's broken, you fix it and then it's done. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, and I tried to talk about alcohol and how it works with alcoholics and and they have to keep, and it didn't work. And, and that was fine. But But it did sort of keep going in my head for a little while. It was like, why don't, like, I wonder how long I'd last, like, I think I'd probably last a month without this program. I mean, I'd be fine for a month, probably. And then it would just start again. The coasting would start. And I'm really, really grateful that for whatever reason, when I came in at 31 and a half, I was ready to be honest with myself and another human being. And I got abstinent right away. Um, or, you know, with, yeah, right away. Because I started being honest with another person about my food. And once I started being honest, I didn't want to have to tell her I was binging. So I stopped. That's just my weird little obedience to authority or something. Like, once I had, once those secrets were out, um, and that crazy, well, I, I don't want to say crazy because it's, I don't, that behavior was out. I didn't want to keep doing it in front of another person because that was my secret. That, I did it in front of nobody. Um, so, harking back to what it was like, um, I think I came out of the womb a compulsive eater. Um, not like as an adult. I remember my mom telling. Actually, in program, my mom mentioned like um, that when I was born, she wasn't able to nurse me, and she didn't know it at first. Like she didn't know that I wasn't getting milk or something. So for for a little while, I just <laughs> wasn't getting any food, and um, and I I was like that really resonated. I was like, oh, I've been making up for it ever since. Like I've been just like, give me, 
And, um, and, but I also, as a child, hated food. I hated any food that was good for me. I liked food that was not good for me. I don't want to get too specific. So I would get bribed with food that wasn't good for me in order to eat food that was good for me. didn't really work. Um, I remember she used to bring over a little, my best friend, a little like three-year-old across the street who would eat everything. He was a good little boy. And um, to get me to eat. And I would just feed him my food. Because I was like fascinated like watching him. But, um, so, I mean, I ate the same thing every day for three years. If anyone gave me something else, I would, I would uh, get rid of it. Um, and, uh, and so... Also in my family, and you know, God bless them. They they used food for comfort. They used food for to numb out. Um, the emotions allowed in my family were good. We're allowed to feel good, and we're allowed to feel nothing. And again, it's just what they learned. So I grew up feeling like I'm allowed to be fine, and I'm allowed to be nothing. I was allowed to be sick. So I hated gym. I got out of every damn gym. Cl- I was sick. I was always sick. I had and I really had stomach aches, but I was. That's where, I mean, psychos, whatever it is, like the mind-body connection, I, any emotion, I would just get ill, physically ill. We moved a lot. We moved countries. I was, I would, I was the little girl who threw up at every, like, school the first day of school because I was so sick. I wasn't allowed to be afraid, but I was allowed to be sick. And, and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't, they weren't being abusive. They just didn't know any other way. Um, so I, um, you know, go from there to uh, about puberty. I started liking food a lot. All of a sudden, it, it was really, you know, I mean, I had never eaten pizza. I hated pizza. I hated burgers. I hated everything. But I started liking all that stuff. And I started, like, uh, I was again in a new soul, and I was again lonely, and I was again miserable, and I used food. And, um, and then I had friends, and they had pantries with tons of crap, and we didn't have crap in my house. My mom, uh, bless her heart, was a binger, and she used to do it privately and hide stuff. And later she hid stuff in my room for me to help me binge. But, um, but it was never like, here's, here's some stuff to have, you know, for after dinner or for a snack or whatever. It was, it was all healthy. Ugh. And so, you know, I would go to my friend Susan's house and just, like, dive into that pantry. It was like a, you, you know, it was a walk-in. And, um, and like, she, she would have, like, one of something. And I would be like, but it's, there's still some left. Like, there's a row. Like, why wouldn't you fit? I, like, the idea of stopping before it was done. It tasted good. You keep going. So I never understood that. And, um... You know, I, then I also um, picked up a habit that was uh, uh, a, a, a drug that people use that people use to enjoy themselves, and I also enjoyed eating on it because you could eat and you wouldn't like get no one would be shocked because it was just part of the drug. Like, you just ate a lot, and so that I could do in front of people. You know, I could get high and just binge, and people would just be like, wow, look at you packing away. And I'm like, yeah, and it wouldn't be the same, you know. It wouldn't be just like if I hadn't had that first, they would be like, what's wrong with you? So, um, so I did that a lot. I did that in college. I did that after college. And, um, but I also did the, um, the binging by myself, you know, the coming home, putting down the blinds, turning off the 
turning off the, the phone, the voicemail, and, um, or no, it was the message machine, and um, turning on the TV and just eating. Um, and the way I would do it, because in my family another thing was you needed to look okay. It's all about the neighbors. Um, those, those, those invisible neighbors, like don't yell because of the neighbors, don't eat too, you know, whatever. Anyway, so, um, so the way I managed it was I would um, skip breakfast, skip lunch, eat dinner, and then eat dinner. And it would just sort of go on. And then I'd have that pitiful, pitiful incomprehensible demoralization in the middle of the night and wish I hadn't done it and decide I wouldn't do it the next day. And the next day I would do it. Not every single day, but it would happen again. Um, at that point I had stopped getting high, but I was still doing the food behavior. And then at 31 I had an Eskimo, happened to be a shrink. She, I had seen her for a year and a half. I had never mentioned food before. Um, my niece had been diagnosed with anorexia. I was shocked, I had just seen her. I was like, you know, I knew everything. How did I not know? How did I not know to diagnose her? And um, like, but she's fine. And and I was like, and everyone in my family does weird shit with food. Huh. And I, you know, ate like my like my pantry last night. Anyway, and then like I started changing the subject. He's like, you know, what do you mean? And I and I told her some food stuff, you know, food behavior. And she was like, um, have you ever considered going to Overeaters Anonymous? And I was like. You know, excuse me. Um, and she was like, try six meetings. So I went to the first meeting, and I'm sorry, but you all were cuckoo. And I was like, oh no. Everybody, like, people were talking about their emotions. I was like, making, it was making me ill. Like, I was, like, one person was just crying and crying and crying. And then, like, you know, she ra- like when it was like, raise your hand if you're a sponsor, and she raised her hand. I was like, you would go to you. You, you just cried for five minutes. Like, I was just horrified at the idea that people would be open with each other in a room of strangers. And I was like, well, she is, she's, you know. And I knew how to fix everybody, of course. And then, um, you know, and years and like as soon as I was in program, she was one of my best friends in program. But, um, but it was just like it was so anathema to my existence to see people being honest in a room about their food and about their lives and about what was behind the food. And and then I went to the second meeting and I heard my, someone reading my journal. So um, I uh, and I like God bless all the newcomers. I was the worst newcomer. Like I didn't say I was a newcomer, but I did cross talk, and I <laughs> and I did like I did out of turn stuff. Like and I'm so grateful that nobody would stop. Like you know, smacked my hand because and no one even came up after the correct. Like n- like everyone just let it be, and I would have never come back if anyone had said even the littlest thing to me that day. I would have just been terrified and ashamed forever and, and gone out. Um, so I'm really grateful to, to everyone's compassion and gentleness. And um, but so so what it was for me was um, the honesty in that room was something I had never felt before, and the and the idea that I could be honest with other people. Not just about my food, about anything. I was a very dishonest person. Um, and it, it, it was just protective. You know, if I, was, if I was heading somewhere and I thought I might be late, I would start running the excuses in my head of what had happened and why I was late. 
which is exhausting. And by the way, nobody gives a shit. You get there, you're like, sorry, I'm late. And they're like, okay. And that's it. And I, but it was like, I had to pass the buck always. Nothing could ever be my fault. Nothing could ever be my responsibility. And um, I came from just such a place of shame um, about my food and also about what was behind the food. Like, I was lonely. I was a very lonely person. I was insanely social. I would, if you had looked at, like at my date book, you know, paper, um, it would like every single night I was busy, and every single night I'd come home lonely and feel that loneliness, um, which which I have heard described as isolation from self. Um, and I've and I've talked, I've shared this a million times, but like I came in and and like I was here. And for those listening, I'm putting my hand on my chest, and my and like my face was out here, which is like my hand is as far away as it could get from my face. Like that that um, distance was what I would fill with food or with pot or with whatever it was that could make me feel safe and comfortable. And so over the years in program, like I'm actually revealing who I am. My face, like it got closer and closer to who I am, and um, and it's uncomfortable a lot of the time. And, uh, oh, well, like, everybody's uncomfortable. That was, a, that was a big surprise I learned in the world. Like, when I stopped eating for comfort and, and safety and all those reasons, like, I would go to a part of my sponsor was like, you know, you can go anywhere. It's like, we can go to whoopee parties as long as we're there for the right reasons. So I can go to a party to be of service. Um, and that doesn't mean I have to go to the party and, like, you know, cater. But I can go to the party and just, like, have fun. That's actually my job at that party is to have fun. And if someone else isn't having fun, if someone else is alone, maybe go chat with them. And before, my, my purpose at a party, well, first, if there was cake, that was the reason to go. But my purpose, I would go to the party, I would go to the food table, and I would be there for 20 minutes. And then I would be comfortable and talk to people. And so when I stopped doing that, and I'd go to a party and not do that for 20 minutes, I would look around and people were drinking for the first, like everyone was doing something for the first 20 minutes to get comfortable. And I was like, whoa. Like we're all, okay, that, that helps. I am not, you know, the very special worm, the piece of shit that runs the universe. Like, I am not worse than anybody. I'm not better than anybody. I can't fix anybody. I am, you know, getting help fixing myself for 23 years. So it was just really, all of that was very revelatory. Like, everything, I came in thinking I knew so much, and now I know how little I know every day. Um, you know, I'll forget. The, the reason I think I'll last a month is that's my memory. I will remember the literature for about a month. Maybe not even. I've, I've read steps and traditions for years, and for 23 years, maybe a thousand times. And I will read it and go, huh, look at that. That is very helpful. That's definitely amazing. Oh, forgive myself. Oh, forgive them. Oh, you know, like wild stuff. I've heard it. I've worked it so many times and still news. So, um, so when I came in, about a year and a half in, I had a, um, a family. Um, my brother got sick. Uh, he got cancer, and a year later, he died. And during that year, it was at, uh, there was more revelations. One of them was very uh, humbling, which was I thought if I was good here, if I was good, if I was doing all the right things, if I was working this program, I was being of service. I thought that meant my life would be good, which. I, of course, didn't think it through because it wasn't like, okay, and nobody's ever going to die. 
or, and I'm not going to like I hadn't it wasn't conscious in any way but it came up it was like no this is completely unfair he shouldn't die he shouldn't be sick and it's like well you know of course I'm allowed to feel all those things but I can't dwell on them I can't dwell in that anger and the lack of acceptance because all that's going to do is cause more suffering and then I can't even be of service to him um and I was of service to the best of my ability and I had a lot of guilt that I wasn't better at it at being helpful to him and, and caring for him the way he needed it um, or the way he wanted it but I was also really amazed to see because I really wanted to get everyone in my family in program I was like really gung-ho for that and of course that didn't work and, um, and I, I, you know, I gave up after like mom was ready to slap me which she's never slapped me in her life the closest she ever came was when I suggested program and that like like you would take that away I was so grateful during that year that I that they weren't in program or that they weren't uh, that they had food that they were using it to comfort themselves because it's just so unnatural to see to, to, for their for what they were going through and the fact that they were using substances I was like good you know I wish I could have it didn't work for me anymore it was too late because I was already in so instead, I, um, and at that point, I did have a higher power. It took about a year to get an idea of one. I came in without any sense of God other than kind of Santa Claus on a throne. <laughs> and I'm not even that religion that has Santa Claus, so, like, it didn't make any sense. Um, so, so the idea of, like, not praying for what I want, but praying to be of God's will, thank you. Um, and to follow God's will was, was all new. And so my idea of God evolved over the years. And it started out with um, the room. The rooms. Because that was a power greater than myself. I was in those rooms for an hour or an hour and a half. I could breathe. I could hear honesty. It was... I could be honest. It was all stuff I couldn't have done on my own. So that was my first higher power. And then it evolved. It became the ocean. I prayed to the ocean. I was temping down there near the ocean, and I could just go out and pray every day to something. I could not control the waves. could not control the tides. They were powers greater than me. Um, and so now it's kind of everything and everyone that makes up the universe. Yeah, so there you are. You're all God. Um, so I, uh, I did a lot of yelling to God. And that was, it, it, you know, it didn't, I didn't lose my, um, my connection to God. It became stronger, but it was very volatile. I mean, there were nights I was just crying all night, and I was like, you have to get me through this. And somehow I got through it. There were nights that I was just yelling at God. And my higher power, the way I've created my higher power, um, can take it if I yell and curse and, and scream. Um, <laughs> and I, um, I didn't always hear anything back, but, um, <laughs> but, but I got through it. And I, and I recognized that everybody has something. I, I wanted people to have little post-its saying, like, I just lost my mom, or I just lost my dog or my boyfriend just broke up with me because everyone has something like I wanted to just wrap everyone in cotton you know and, and take care of them and I was also angry at everyone so you know it was a mess but I still feel that I still feel like when I forget when I feel isolated when I feel alone I have to remind myself like everybody's got something I am not the only one in the world who's going through whatever it is be it a hangnail being losing a family member like it is not all about me 
And that is something I have to remember on a daily basis. And that is something that I would forget much sooner than a month if I weren't in this program. Um, so I think, oh, I'll just keep going until you stop me. Um, so for me, I, I got a sponsor almost immediately. It was within, within a, I think, two weeks of coming into these rooms. She was a temporary sponsor. She ended up being my sponsor for 10 years. Um, and she wasn't someone I would have picked because she was human. And at that point, I was like, not okay, not, not okay to be human. Um, so for those who are new, for those who are starting out, for those who haven't got a sponsor yet, my strongest recommendation is to get a sponsor, temporary sponsor. I don't think it matters who you get for the first three steps. That's just me. This is all just my opinion for anyone out there. Um, is Get someone to work the steps with. I couldn't do it alone. If I could have done it alone, I would have. But thanks to this program, my life has changed completely. I get up to, and I get up and pray. The first thing I do is pray. And I pray to be of service, to be of love and service. And I fail every day, and that's human. And I got to go to the beach on Thursday looking the way I do when 30 years ago I freaking hated my body and it looked way better than it does now. And like now I'm like, I am in a bathing suit and I don't even give it. I, it's not even like, oh, fuck all y'all. I don't even care. It doesn't even occur to me to care what people think of how I look or what I think of how I look. I love being in the water. I love being at the beach. I am not going to keep myself from things that I love because of that fear anymore or that self-loathing anymore. It is. There is no time for that. It's just a waste. Um, so I look forward to all your questions because I know the minute I like finish, I'm going to be like, what the hell did I forget? Why didn't I say that? I forgot the most important part. So now it's on you. Thank you. <laughs> time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions I shared with you today are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Thank you so much for sharing. So so, uh, could you talk about any daily practices that you have? Great question. I've been asked about my daily practices. Okay. Um, I get up and I do the serenity prayer, the third step prayer, the seventh step prayer. And the way I do seventh step prayer is in the middle I say, um, whatever's up. Or it's not even whatever's up. It's like my big stuff. Like, please take away my fear and replace it with faith. Take away my anger and replace it with peace. Take away my hatred and replace it with love. Take away my sloth and replace it with directed action take away my pride and replace it with humility take away my um, need to control replace it with acceptance take away my perfectionism and replace it with acceptance and take away my vanity and replace it with sanity Um, if anything else is up I'll do that too (laughs) I'll throw that in the mix and then I you know and then I end it you know um, grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding Um, and then I say Lord let me be a blessing let me be a beacon of light um, and then, uh, which I learned from a sponsee, and that recently, and then another one that a, um, a fellow taught me: um, God, please uh, guide my words, thoughts, and actions, divorcing them from selfishness, self-pity, self-seeking, negativity, and dishonesty. And I also say, God, give me the words. Uh, God, you take care of the quality; I'll take care of the quantity. 
um, little things I come up with, uh, I mean, that, that I got. Um, and then I start my day. I, um, I eat three meals at regular times now, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner at regular times. Um, I don't eat late at night in front of the TV by myself, all the things I used to do. Um, there's, uh, um, if something's sketchy, there's, during the holidays, there can be a lot of uh, food available that isn't usually available, and what I do is ca- I call my sponsor if I'm going to have it. I don't text, because that's way too easy. I call before. And if that means going to the bathroom and going like, I'm going to go have a piece of something. And she's like, okay. But she doesn't care. It's just that it becomes conscious. And so that really reduced the amount of times I did that because um, my food, like I do everything in moderation, but those, there's certain times where it's like, this is way too sexy and I want all of it. So, um, so that's not daily, but that's, that actually lasted for like six months last year because it just, it felt good to be able to be really extra conscious and she did not care. Um, then uh, the rest of my day, I get to, Usually three meetings a week, sometimes two, but um, I check in with my sponsor once a week or so. I check in with fellows and uh, if, you know, as needed. And I have two sponsees. No, I don't. I have three, but one. I need to check in with one because I haven't heard from her in a while. Um, and I, um, um, at the end of the night, I, my 10th step, my way of doing a 10th, if I need to do a 10th step, I do it like a mini four and I turn it over. Um, and invariably, the, the um, one thing that will come back that I won't have known was world according to Lisa. Like there was something, I, there was something in there that, you know, I thought it should be going a certain way. Um, and then uh, at the end of the night, I do a gratitude list. Like I say it aloud, like, and it's ten things that I'm grateful for that day. And um, and then I go to sleep so easily. Like it, it's weird how it's it's like part of my routine to get to bed. Um, so yeah, that's about that's about it for the daily routine. How did you, if you did, how did you work step nine around your mom? Um, the question is how I worked a step nine around my mom. Huh, interesting. You know, it was so long, I mean, it was 23 years ago, so um, I don't remember too well. Uh, but it was, it had to do with recognizing that she had her path. Um, like the, the thing about, you know, when my brother got sick, like I was so grateful that she wasn't, like, that she was eating through it or doing whatever she was doing through it um, because... Um, I don't know that she could have handled it sober, frankly. And um, so recognizing that she had her path and that it was none of my business um, and, that, and recognizing this, the, where she came from. I mean, she was forced to eat. Um, and I was really grateful that I was not forced. She never forced me. Um, I mean, she bribed me, but she never forced me. Um, and that the things she did that were, you know, putting a half pound of candy in my room or whatever, were, um, it was her way of love, showing love. Like, she thought we had this little secret, you know, and that was, that was just, and it, you know what? And it got me through. It got me through a lot of periods of loneliness and sadness that, you know, I, I'm grateful I didn't turn to other harder substances or behaviors. Um, I, and you know what? I would have if any of them had tasted good, honestly. <laughs> um, 
didn't like the taste of alcohol. But um, but it was uh, it was reframing it and seeing where it was coming from. I think that really helped me with forget. And and like we're really close now. Like well, she's she's very ill now, but I I see her as much as I can, and I'm. I just love her so much, and I um, I had so much anger towards her, and mostly towards my dad, and I have a lot of love towards him too. It's remarkable how much that's changed over the years. But yeah, I'm sorry I don't can't hark back quick. You know, like my memory sucks. It's like it's very frustrating. Um, yes. Sure. Um, I'm talking more about isolation from self and how that plays out in my day. Um, I don't have the shame around loneliness anymore. So once it's, now that it's not charged, I can deal with it. Like when I was lonely and it was like, no, you cannot admit that to anybody. You cannot admit that to yourself. That is disgusting. Like whatever reason I had for thinking that that was the worst thing to, to admit. Um, you can't it's, it's like acceptance if I'm not an acceptance about my compulsive eating I'm not going to stop if I'm not an acceptance that I'm lonely I'm not going to stop um, being lonely and being lonely was you know not knowing who I was um, I used to my, my Eskimo drink person used to say that like if I met if I met a guy and, and got involved with a guy I would like uh, get in the car and leave myself at the curb and like wave goodbye because I would just be whoever they wanted me to be. I that's what I was. That's what I thought was supposed to like you do. You you just be that groovy girl that the songs were all singing about. And um, and I wasn't. I was not mellow. I was like freaking uptight. Like and so um, you know I would just. Uh, Finding that person that I left at the curb and becoming that person and accepting that person and um, and knowing what works for me and what doesn't, that helps take away the loneliness. Like, not going out with someone who I don't actually like because they like me and because I think I love them and because I can be what they want me to be and then I'm miserable. Like, that that's loneliness. Um, so... And just accepting, like, if I'm lonely sometimes, calling up a friend and going, like, I'm lonely, do you want to go do something? You know? And, um, but it's not really lonely anymore. It's just, it's more like I'm alone, I'm bored, I'm, I, or I'm lonely, I want to, I'm alone, I want to do something, or I haven't been out today. But it's, um, I don't think I get that. I mean, I, I get the, like, existential loneliness that I think everybody gets, but that's just me, that's my opinion. But it's not that same kind of, like, what am I doing wrong? every single night you know what am I doing wrong why is like why is my life not perfect there's no there's no perfect I'm super lucky I have everything I need and and um when I recognize it yeah you can have two questions I think I don't know the timing but okay am I supposed to keep track of the time oh good so I kind of wanted to ask about your brother and your mother getting ill and stuff but mm. you haven't talked about work mm. maybe you can talk about how program has affected your work life and maybe okay it's how how program has affected my work life well I came in I was a temp I think or I was working a job I hated oh no both <laughs> <laughs> and that is 
not to put down tents. It is a great job if you don't hate it, but I hated it. And、um, I remember actually doing that like Scarlett O'Hara, like I was like eating my little lunch that I brought, and they they called me like the burrito gal because or the book gal because I'd bring in a burrito and a book and go sit by myself at lunch and.、Um, And I remember, like, as God is my witness, I'm not going to be a temp anymore. And、um, and I still was for a while longer. But I、um, I had、um, I had a very convoluted work history, so I won't go into it because it's too long. But when I started doing what I'm doing presently,、um, it was kind of easy. I fell into it, and it was easy. I did work. I did work to get it, but it wasn't the kind of struggle, and it wasn't miserable, which was very confusing to me. And so I devalued it for a long time until like really last week, pretty much. And I've been doing it for like nineteen <clears throat> years. And I was like, oh wait, no, this—it's it, allowed to be fun. Like I'm allowed to do something I like for a living. Well, okay. And、um, and so during the course of that, I, I also、um, I'm freelance, so I have deadlines. And I came in as an ins- like. Procrastinator, like nonpareil, and now like, and early on I was like, oh, this is not tenable. So I have to learn how to like schedule my own life, how to structure my life so that I get the work done on time, and I'm not cramming the last night. It's not like high school; I can't get away with this, and so、um, or college,、um, and so like through programs, through recognizing like. That、um, and also I went from、um, some we just I just talked about with this with this with a friend like improv they say yes and you know in order to do improv I was no and here's why not <laughs> like that's how I worked before I was a temp I was doing I was working in film and it was like someone would ask me to do something and I would be like Mm-mm, but here's why and I had like the excuse ready and now I don't do that because thanks to program I do yes and. Or just yes, but like I just I I take it on, and if I can't do something, I'll say I'll say I can't. I'll say like I'm over, you know, I've got too many assignments right now. It's okay, but I don't run away from responsibility. I take responsibility for my actions. I take responsibility for my mistakes. I make mistakes that show up, and people get annoyed at them, and I have to say I'm really sorry about that, and I can't make up excuses. Like I made a mistake. I hate that. I hate admitting I made a mistake. I hate being, you know. The, like being called on it, but again, it happens, and and I can accept the consequences for that because God is not, you know, God is not my employer. God is my employer, and、um, and that person isn't, and the person who complained isn't, and I'm taken care of. So is that helpful?、Uh, and your other question, Mark? Well, you know, the sickness with your brother and you know your mom right now and stuff.、Mm-hmm. I don't like that stuff to happen either. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, what's the in ret the retrospect? What's the payoff of that? I'm thinking, well, it brings me closer to my higher power. You know what? what? Well, I'll I'll tell you.、Um, I'll tell you the answer to the universe and why people die. It, oh, the question was about dealing with、uh, people being ill and how you go through it and. Well, what's the value of that? Okay, no, but I really I have my payoff this week because I got back last week. My mom's five minutes. Okay, okay, this might be a five minute answer. Okay, so my mom's in hospice. My dad's in hospice, but my mom is doing much worse. She just took a turn, and she, they're back east. And so I was just there for a week. I'd already I go back every two months anyway because what's going on and、um, and I and when I left. 
I got, you know, the minute I landed, I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. I should have stayed. What's, I don't have a life here. Why do I need, you know, like, I should be there. I should be with her. She's sleeping 90% of the time. But when she's awake, it's lovely, you know. And so, um, maybe 99% of the time. So, uh, so I, you know, I landed, I got to my house, and I was like, none of this stuff matters. Why am I? And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to be away from her, I'm going to make it count. And it wasn't about work. Like, fuck work. It was about, I'm going to have as much fun as possible. I'm going to go to, the, I've gone to the beach twice in the last week. I hadn't gone all summer. Probably hadn't gone, I think I went once last summer. I'm going to um, go out with my friends. I'm going to hang out with my neighbors. I have new neighbors and we like hang out on the patio and it's beautiful. Like I've been, I went out last night to LACMA and uh, I went to a jazz night. I don't know trying to explain it to the people listening from overseas um, and it was a picnic with a bunch of friends like all of these things that are the reason if I'm not going to be with her it's for connection it's for connection and joy and bliss and that's it like otherwise why be here why not just be by your side um, and um, so that for me is the value it's like that's why I can go to the beach and wear whatever I wear and not care because there is no time. I'm going to be dead in however many years or however many weeks or however many days and I'm not going to give a crap about what's jiggling in the meantime. Done. Too late. Too late. Because when I'm in that ocean, that ocean does not care what I look like. That ocean doesn't care at all. It's just there and it buoys me up. Oh, that's healthy. Okay. Um, anything else? I think we got it. Three minutes left. Bring me home, Allie. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, I said your name. I'm sorry. You used to read that girl mm-hmm. on the curb, mm-hmm. and you don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Who is that girl today? Oh, that's a long answer. I do not have too many. Oh, I was, t- I was at... <laughs> that girl now who am I now I'm a human which is still annoying to me Um, I still make mistakes all the time which is annoying Um, but but it adds to my compassion so I mean this is a very hmm, this is a very divisive time in the world but the thing is it's always been a very divisive time in the world and it may be more obvious now. And there's so, there is so much opportunity for me to practice love and compassion. Oh my goodness. Because it's very easy to love the people that I care about and that are easy to love. That's not the job. The work is to love the people that I cannot stand and the people I cannot comprehend loving. So I have lots of work. So that's really good. Keeps me busy. Keeps me out of my head. Um, and it because um, when I'm in I'm still like the, the reason I need this program I'm still like not okay up there by, on my own um, and I'm pointing to my head um, <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm a bit of a mess and so this program for me this structure these steps this is what keeps me sane and useful in the world and it goes back to what, what's the value of being here you know what or I think what's the value of like my value um, is how much I can help someone how much I can help myself in order to be of service to someone else 
So if I go through the day and I can be grateful that like I was of service at the meeting or I was of service to a, a newcomer or to a sponsee or I returned to my cart at Trader Joe's, like that's useful in the world. If I want less divisiveness, I have to start with me. I have to be less divisive. I have to not gossip. I have to not put someone down. I have to not make fun of someone because I don't like their politics. I, you know, that's my job. And, and I have to let go of the opinion I have about anyone else's position in the world. I can still do the work I need to do to, think, to, to do what I think is needed to make the world a safer, healthier, more beautiful place. But in the meantime, I have to figure out a way through that world without causing more pain. Um, when I got in the... Oh, never mind. Uh, thank you for letting me share. <laughs>